Hey, everybody. You're tuning in to Mad About It. I'm your host, Becky. Becky with the good hair. That's right. It's me. Woo! Today, oh my god. Today we're going to talk about the L word. All of it. The whole shebang. Literally, the whole shebang. The, the, the original series, as well as Generation Q, uh, just generally what my thoughts are on all of this it's so much it's a lot to cover i apologize for the like bit of a hiatus i i mean it's this is the longest i've gone without uploading an episode truth be told i have made i have i have an episode that is that is finished except for a few things that I'm waiting to hear back from some people on, so that's kind of why that I mean I have a, uh, a sex episode about anal sex all ready to go, but I'm waiting to hear back about a few things. So, uh, and then I was like, well, I really need to do the L word episode because it's leaving Netflix soon, or at least some of the seasons are. Maybe not the whole thing is. Anyway, I mean, it's an urgent sort of thing. I mean, March 20th or something they said? Jesus. So, Outward Generation Q Season 1 has been out for a while now. And I finally got around to watching it. And when I watched it, I was like, huh. I was like, this kind of sucks. I was like, was the old Outward, like, like, bad? And I, like, didn't even know. You know, I was like, is that show, like... You know, I was like, because I watched that show when I was in high school and when I was in college and not at all since. So I was like, maybe, maybe it was just a bad show, you know? Like, I used to think that uh, Anchorman was like the funniest movie I ever saw in my life, you know? And that has not uh, stood the test of time too well, in my opinion. It's not, it's not as funny as it, as it was, so... And I was like, oh God, you know, maybe the L word is, maybe the L word is the new Anchorman or the Jesus, you know, I can't, I don't want to imagine a world like that where something that like literally changed my life was actually secretly shitty. So I went back and I fucking watched the whole L word start to finish powered, powered it through. It took me like a month. Um, and here's the verdict. I'll just cut right to it. The original L Word series is a fucking masterpiece. It's a fucking masterpiece. I was like, I was like, holy shit, this is like so good. I was like, this show is like my actual life in a TV show. And when I watched it first, I was like, I was like in high school and I was pirating episodes off the internet and watching them at like 2 a.m. And I pretty much watched it because it was like softcore porn. That was pretty much like why I liked the L word. I was like, boobies. This is like the most incredible booby show I've ever seen in my life. And like the booby show was incredible. And like 
later I watched it in college with some friends and and I was like oh you know this show is like pretty good you know like I was mem- I remember because I met straight people that watched the L word and I was like what the fuck I was like why would a straight person watch the L word I was like literally it's a booby show like like why I was like I wanted to because I wanted to be like you know you're gay like if you like the L word at all you must be gay because it's just a booby show you know and apparently it's not just a booby show and I I rewatched it. And I, holy hell, there's so much more than just the tits. It's kind of unreal. Like uh, the drama, the writing, the the topics that they cover, the relationship uh, patterns, the relationship conflicts, uh, the divorces, the adultery, the infidelity, the, the, oh my God, all of it is so good. The marriages. Um, and honestly, I just loved watching a show that was predominantly women talking all the time like it it's kind of rare to find even today so um it was kind of like one of those things where it was like man like all these things that i wish were in shows today are in the original l word i was like that's really cool i really like this um there's also the the max uh or when uh he's first introduced he's named moira that plot i really when i first watched it for some reason it really irritated me i don't know why and now i'm like holy shit i i am max slash moira this is the like crazy and honestly like that whole all of that writing was like incredible and this show got so much shit for that i'm just gonna go ahead and say like i i understand there are some complaints but like to be honest, like, when you are trans, you kind of just still look like your old self for, like, a year or two. And, like, that's exactly, like, you know, Max didn't really transition longer than a few years on the show. They did their best to try to show it, but, you know, they used an actress that is not trans. That's probably the main uh, criticism that is that really sticks, you know. They didn't use an actually trans actor for max generation q has actual trans people on the cast that's a huge improvement between the shows but i i'm just gonna say i'm kind of getting distracted like as far as trans representation in the l word like i i really feel that the representation that the original l word series has is brutally honest to a fault and i think that that's very 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 good representation i think that that's like exactly what it is hearing jenny Schechter say super transphobic things all the time is good representation it's not good representation when the majority of people agree with her that sucks but as a time capsule it's like yes look the original cast of the l word there were like there were like multiple turfs in the characters the character multi- many of the characters are turfy so like uh is that like it's in and it's nothing it's because of nothing other than their own ignorance you know they're all just kind of ignorant jenny seems to be like the most ignorant about the trans experience and the most frustrating thing about jenny is that she thinks that she's like writing max's story for him and I honestly just, like, the whole time, I was, I mean, everybody hates Jenny, and that's the whole thing. The most transphobic character in the show is Jenny Schechter, 
and Jenny kind of arguably isn't transphobic, and uh, everybody hates her. Like, everybody hates her. They're like, that person's an idiot. So, like, is it really bad representation to give the most transphobic voice to the biggest idiot that everybody wants to murder? I don't think so. That's the villain. You know, like, in, in the L word, the transphobe is the villain. So, Generation Q... I really feel like they they didn't need to make up for too much as far as trans people is, are concerned. They just needed to have real trans representation, and they accomplished that. They accomplished that. They have a lot of trans bodies on camera uh, with this season. Um, that being said, I just, so far at least, there's just one season, so there's not a lot to work with, but... I did not like the trans writing in Generation Q as much as I liked the writing in uh, the original series. The writing about the trans issues in the original series was like both uh, essential to the plot in some ways and also very revealing of everybody's character uh, any direction that you take it. That being said, they all treated Max like he was a monster, like, all the fucking time. Also, that being said, Max, like, took illegal hormones initially and had weird problems. And also, like, you know, they showed him then going to a meeting. And he went to a trans guy meeting, and it was a room full of trans guys. So there was, like, for, like, 15 seconds in the original series... There was a room full of tra- actual trans guys, which is really cool. And Max told them what dose he was on. And they were all like, oh, because he was like, I take 200 a week, which I, I know, at least in my, that's way too, that's twice as much as anybody's supposed to be on. So like 200 a week is nuts. And like, uh, uh, they all reacted like that. And it was all like pretty accurate. And honestly, it was pretty much exactly what it's like to go to a trans guy group. So, I I, I kind of feel like the original L World, uh, the the, oof, the original L Word series, nails it with so many things. They nail it with like just about everything. And it's important to keep in mind that when the original L Word series was happening, people were constantly bitching about it. They always wanted to shut it down, and they were always like pissing everybody off about everything so if you're like oh man i don't know how i feel about generation q just because a lot of people say they don't really like it boy i tell you i mean that's exactly how they felt about the first one so it's not like this one is like you know i will say the pilot season of the l word is so fucking strong like oh my god Every single, like, the first season is is a, is an incredible, just, like, it's a tight season. It's a really good show. Like, anybody would like it. That's the thing. Like, that's that when, now that I've rewatched it, it's like, oh, of course straight people like the L word. Like, it's just an all-around really well-written show. Tim is a wonderful character. I love that they have, like, a nice straight guy who's just this completely wonderful option that's like you know hurt genuinely by jenny because i mean season one jenny is like the best version of jenny that we get and she's still a crazy bitch in season one she just gets worse and worse and worse and worse um but like you know the the original outward series has a lot 
of different sorts of representations. They have a, it's a really diverse cast. They have gorgeous, regular, straight guy Tim. They also have Kit, who I think is the life force of the whole series, honestly. Because uh, there's un- undeniably there's something missing in Generation Q. And it's like, what is missing in Generation Q? I can't help but feel that Kit is what's missing. Kit was this like totally fucking normal, totally real bitch who was like really fucking cool and enjoyable to see on screen like all and whenever she was there it was just like i I, things are more interesting kit's here she's just a good actress i mean and kit is played by pam greer who is also the star of quentin tarantino's jackie brown and if you haven't seen that movie you have to see that movie it's basically just super mega badass kit i'm i'm obsessed with it so um I, I mean, Pam Greer's presence is, is very, very missed in uh, Generation Q. They talk about Kit a lot. You know, they're like, oh, you know, we got the opioid epidemic and Bet's running for her office. And, you know, Mayor Bet's going to get some Mayor Bet shit done. It's going to be good. But, like, I, I don't know. Where does she run? Is she running for mayor? Is that what, did I mess that up? Probably. All I'm saying is that it's a little contrived, and I've seen the first season of Generation Q like, like a lot of times now, I think like maybe four, and the first time I watched it, the number one complaint that I had is I had no idea who's, what anybody's name was, I have no idea who, what anybody's name is. The whole first time I watched it, I had no fucking idea what was going on. They say somebody's name once, and then nobody says their name ever again. It's like, what the... You miss it once, and you're over. It's over, man. Honestly, I just had to fucking look at IMDb and then rewatch it. I just just was fucking trying to just... Because I'm going to have to talk about it like I understand. I have no... I had no idea. Now I know, but I had no idea what anybody's name was. I had no idea. I don't know if that I like I can't tell if that's a problem in the original L word because I just know everybody so well in the original L word. But it really seems like they they introduce you to all the characters and they do a really good job. Everybody says everybody's name a lot in the original L word. Like you hear somebody say Alice like all the time. And people are screaming Dana, you know, like there's literally just like many scenes where people are just screaming Dana, you know, and uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I tell you the the Alice car chase, the Alice chasing Dana is like one of my favorite scenes. Um, and uh, uh, you hear everybody's name like a lot. And in the generation Q, you hear people's name once and they say it like with their hand over their mouth they're like hi my name is i'm like what the what you know the fourth time around i watched it with subtitles that made a huge fucking difference pro tip watch generation Q with subtitles because i i either they're like it's like a new style of acting where like nobody has to speak with any sort of intent or or i don't know but i i can't help but feel like Either either some either something was not happening with the directing, something was not happening with the with the mics, or something was not happening with with the script. There something wasn't working. And in Generation Q, 
there was some there's some sort of communication barrier all the time. I I kind of feel like it's just too fast. And there's a there's a plot in Generation Q where Alice is arguing with the producer of her show about how things should be and she has this like Jimmy Fallon idiot who has to like help her come up with a viral thing. And it's like, you know, maybe that's like they're maybe they're projecting their experience making Generation Q into Generation Q. That is something that these this trio of writers would do. Oh, have I mentioned yet? I'm sorry. I should have said this right at the beginning. Maybe I'll just edit it in there or something. I don't know. But the writers are basically the same. This The crew for, for the original Edward and Generation Q, the core three people are still Michelle Abbott, Eileen Chaikin, and Kathy Greenberg. Um, and we have an additional creator... Maria Lewis Ryan. What's her deal? She looks, uh... Super gay. Oh my gosh. She looks cool. She's from Brooklyn. She worked on Six Balloons and College. Um... Okay, but like, uh... The original series... Uh was written and directed by Eileen Shaken, Michelle Abbott, and Kathy Greenberg as well. But there's a very different set of producers for each show. The something that I thought was kind of weird was that uh, Jennifer Beals and uh, uh, Leisha Haley are producers of Generation Q. Also, the music crews are completely different. So, um, the the music director group of people for Generation Q is like three or four people. It's like, uh, let me see. The, the, the people involved... So... It says series music is by Heather McIntosh and Allison Newman. And then uh, they have another uh, uh, music, series music department, which is James Cartwright, Keir Lehman, Shane Gersh. It's literally five people, five total people. And I've never, I I mean, I'm not in the industry. I don't know fucking any of these people anyway, but... Five people are in charge of the music for Generation Q. And if you just a just a general observation, there are only licensed songs in Generation Q. And little transitional like I never heard such little music in my life. There's a lot of silence. Just just outright silence. There's silence in Generation Q. If you listen, if you watch the original L word. There is like a all the fucking time. There is something going on all the time. They have an elaborate music department in the original L Word series. They have uh, more than five people. It's like 25 people. They have a composer. They have multiple composers. Uh, 
I'm pulling up the list. Here it is. Yeah, I mean, it's more than five people. It's, uh... Uh... Where the fuck is it? Yeah. Uh, they have a music department that is not just, like, people that listen to music and have playlists. It's, like, actual musicians and composers. Um, they have, uh, an original theme song, which I think is probably the most controversial thing about this show. I mean... Here's the deal, like, I love the original music, and I love the original themes, and I love that they have composers, and I love that they have music all the time in the original Elward series. It's, like, one of my favorite things about the series. But when you are trying to watch this fucking show with new people or around people, and that fucking theme song comes on, that's the longest minute of your life. Did you know? Did you know that the theme song is a minute and one second long. It's 61 seconds long. 61 seconds. Do you know how... I did not believe that. I was like, there is no way. I, but in preparation for this episode, I was like, oh man, I gotta look up that theme song because that's gonna take me a long-ass fucking time to learn. That's, that's gonna be like a five minute theme song. There's like all these weird changes in it and it's, you know, it goes on forever and it's like the longest theme song of all time. It's 61 seconds long. 61 seconds. It took me like less than five minutes to learn it. In like, you know, variations. I came up with some like, you know, like it less than less than five minutes honestly i had no idea i i swear that theme song makes time stand still i i, <laughs> I can't i don't believe it i don't believe that it's 61 it's the longest minute of my fucking life every time that theme song happens it it's like it kills me a bit like you know, honestly, just to, just to prove a point, I'm gonna give you 61 seconds of actual silence followed by my version of the L Word theme song. I don't have rights for the real thing. Sorry. I'm gonna do, like, you know, a fan cover. And since I'm referencing it, and because nobody would ever use this as an alternative to the the actual theme song, it should, in theory, be just totally fine, fair use. But okay, so here goes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna count to three, and then I'm gonna give you 61 seconds of pure, unadulterated silence. One, two, three, go.
am I am I right? That was two minutes of your life. Two whole minutes. Do you can you believe it though? I don't even It sounds like Night on Ball Mountain with a little bit of uh these are a few of my favorite things. Uh, not just a little bit. Um I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, and here's the deal, the, the, the notes on their own are nowhere near as irritating as listening to the laughing, fucking, flatting, bleeding, squirting, bleeding, gushing, kissing, tongues in my mouth and ears. I don't like it, you know, like, get your tongue out of my ear. It puts it right in there, and it's just like, I don't even know you, like, what are you doing? The words are too much. You know, I would not describe my experience as a lesbian as any of the things in the song. I guess technically they're all the things in that song, but it just makes me feel weird inside. All those those poems screaming in the lyrics, you know. It's much easier to, to swallow on a bass guitar. That's all I gotta say. Um, if you don't believe me, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I don't know how you could not know what I'm talking about, but... You got, it's on YouTube. I'll Maybe I'll link it in the description. I, I doubt it. I don't need to. I don't need to. You can look it up yourself. The L Word theme song is the longest 61 seconds in the history of time. All right. Glad we got that out of the way. Again, I like the, the playlist music and the, the L Word Generation Q, but I, I do think it's a bit of a tragedy to have hacked the music department that much. And I, I do think that it's a bit of a slap in the face to the old music department. And um, I think they might have done that on purpose because people hated the music so much. I mean, I think that's a bit rude, though. I don't think people are, you know, open-minded to, to things that don't sound perfect. Because a lot, a lot of the music was just not, it was just not, like, incredibly perfect. And that's fine doesn't need to be it really i thought it really added to the show so anyway i should i mean i have so many notes about like the specifics of the episode do we want to hear about that the episode all the episodes all the seasons and at first i was like the original l word is fantastic up until like season four to the end but after rewatching it, I'm going to say I honestly think that the L word starts out strong and just gets better and better and better and better. And now that I've rewatched all of it leading into Generation Q, it it really if you watch the old L word and then immediately watch Generation Q, Generation Q like makes more sense. It's actually it works really well. It's really contingent within itself. And I'm, I'm a huge sucker for that. That's like my... When a show is consistent and is in its own universe really nice and coherently, I, that is really... That's really appealing. Um, I love uh, uh, so many things about Generation Q. I love Alice's life. 
Alice's life, in my opinion, is exactly where Alice Piazzecki would be in 10 years. Um, I think Bettentina's life is pretty much exactly where it would be in 10 years. I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm just sitting here wondering where the fuck is Max and where the fuck is Max's baby? Literally, we just, we just dropped it. They just, they just, they just... You know, instead of being like, we need to handle this Max Moira situation, they were just like, poof. Just, poof. like, maybe that's, maybe, like, it's, it's going into season two? Uh, they need to answer for that. They, they <laughs> what the fuck, man? And, and also, they need to answer, I guess, Bet Porter is some incredible trans ally. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Max doesn't fucking exist anymore. And when Kit, so in in the original series, Kit says, "Bet, what are you doing moving to New York with Tina? That makes no fucking sense. What are you doing getting all this shit with like trying to find a second baby? That makes no fucking sense. What are you gonna do? Move to fucking New York with your second baby from Arkansas or whatever the fuck their fucking second like random hillbilly baby was from." Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Max is, like, sitting in front of bed every day with a baby that he doesn't want. What the actual fuck? And then Max's partner leaves him because he's moody and emotional. And that grown-ass man is a second infant that couldn't handle anything. And Max is like, yeah, he got scared. It's like, dude, stop being so sympathetic to this. Holy shit. That's unreal, man. Like, have, like, literally, Max gets treated like shit by every single person in the whole Elbert series the whole time, and he's so calm and so patient and so understanding. Literally, everybody that meets him outside of that friend group is like, you're the most special, amazing person ever, and I want to marry you. Like, the random girl from his work who was like, I'll go to your family event with you. I don't, where did that girl go? What the fuck, Max? Where, like, and also, just what the fuck, where did Max go? Max has a baby that is just completely unaccounted for. Also, Bet and Tina's kid is like six years older than she should be. She should be like 10. And I guess she's like a teenager that's gay dating now. That's awful convenient, don't you think? Gay dating teenager? The fuck is this? I, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of, of Angie. And I like Angie, the actress. The actress is doing a great job. Uh, her name is... Uh, her name is... Uh, Jordan Hall. Doing a great job. She's good. But what the fuck about her character? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't have any beefs with Jordan Hall. I'm just saying, like, what the fuck is going on with Angie as a character? I... I, I uh, why? I think it's all like th- like the Shane and the fucking what the hell about Shane's ex-wife? Who is this lady? What is the backstory? What is she doing here? Like, what is she doing? Who? Because Kiara is beautiful. Model status, like 
blessed to be seeing this person with my eyeballs, but I don't understand anything about Kiara as a character. I don't understand why Shane... They don't have any chemistry on camera together at all. I I think. I'm like, what the hell? I, I really... I mean, their sexies are, are weird and, like, not very... I, I don't understand. I also think that Shane... Uh, I think that uh, Catherine Monig is gorgeous as always, but she weirdly looks like the exact same as the old series. So much so that like when you watch season six and then you watch Generation Q, you think that no time has passed whatsoever. It's like, what the fuck? Why is her ex-wife... Why does Kiara look like she's like 22? I, I Maybe, again, I just... I understand that it doesn't crack, but, like, I also think that that's a whack answer. Like, I I just don't, I don't understand any of the timeline or the, you know, like, like, where is Kiara from? When did they, when did they, when did they decide to have a baby and, like, would, you know, why? And, like, in, like, uh, everything that Kiara says seems like she has some sort of, like, sneaky grandmaster plan, but, like... It doesn't seem like she does. Maybe I, I don't understand. And none of it makes any sense to me. That's like the weirdest thing about Generation Q is like dad Shane. I love that everybody calls Shane like uncle and sometimes they'll use male pronouns for Shane now. I love that. But um, that being said, nobody has come out as non-binary. There's no... There's no dialogue that says genderqueer. There's no dialogue that says non-binary. Then nobody has had a pronouns conversation. They are using them, which is, you know, maybe that Generation Q seems to, to really pride itself on having a flow that's uninterrupted, that's not, like, riddled with lots of things like names or, uh, uh, you know, awkward sort of speech-like things that the original series had. The original series would have a lot of, like, these are gay rights and we need to stand up for this, you know. And that's, like, my favorite thing about the original series. And I also think it's one of the things that makes the original series stand the test of time so well is they really champion, like, real things that really matter that are, like, for that time. I mean, they talk about Don't Ask, Don't Tell. They talk about gay adoption they talk about uh not being able to get married and then being able to get married and going to vancouver for things like that like young i mean older older queers are going to roll their eyes at this but like young gay people are not going to remember what it's like to have not been able to get married they're going to be like what the hell there's a there are already gay bees born today that will have absolutely no perspective on what it's like to have not been able to get married so the original Elward series goes into depth about the marriage rights and 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 when they fly from Shane and Carmen's wedding to Canada and and Helena does the whole thing and then Helena's mom cuts her off after that because it's such a fucking fiasco. I fucking the the show is so good. Helena Peabody is like such a great character. Phyllis Phyllis is the best character. Oh my gosh. Also um. Uh, also, Jody. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love Jody. Jody is my favorite. Jody Bat is my favorite. That's my favorite ship. Um, 
And I'm I'm disappointed that it just didn't work. I'm not surprised. Bet is like such a piece of shit. But like Jody Bet is the best combo. And uh I'm disappointed that Bet and Tina are still broken up. I wish that they were together. Um it doesn't surprise me, but like I'm gonna go on I'm, the whole last L word is like Bet is some evil monster who can't stop cheating. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Tina fucks everybody all the fucking time and for some reason is not a cheater only because she did it after bet cheated oh so i guess i guess if you cheat after somebody else cheats you're not actually a cheater you're just the uh something else of some sort i don't understand but like bet cheats on tina Tina goes ballistic, takes her kid away, lies about... No, they don't have the baby yet. She lies about having the baby at all. Alice is like, Tina's fat. If you haven't seen this in a while, you have to rewatch. You have to rewatch the original album. It's absolutely outrageous. What it's, it's outrageous what happens. Tina lies to bet about absolutely everything. And for some reason, Tina is always the victim. And Bet is always the monster who can't keep her hands out of other people's pants. Everybody comes on to Bet. Bet doesn't try to come on to anyone. It's crazy. Like if you if you watch the original Outward series and you don't sympathize with Bet Porter, I don't know, you must not have a heart. And then at the end, at the very end of the show, they really kind of set it up to make it seem like Bet kills Jenny. And then in the Generation Q, Bet says that Jenny committed suicide on her property. And she looks a little bit uncomfortable when she says it. Here's the deal. I don't think that Bet Porter could or would murder Jenny Schechter. If I was Bet Porter, I would hope that I had the balls to murder Jenny Schechter. Jenny Schechter deserves to be murdered. She's a psychopath. She kills a dog just so she can try to fuck the veterinarian who is married or is partners with the lady that gave her a bad review for her shitty ass book. Her book was shitty. One person said so. She still got a movie deal from her book. It didn't matter. It didn't matter that that lady gave her a bad review. It did not matter. But she went out of her way to find the veterinarian that that journalist was married to, adopt a dying dog, take it to that veterinarian to have it put down, fake cry about killing the dog, take her out to dinner, shit talk her partner, and try to fuck the veterinarian that she just had kill a dog for no fucking reason other than to manipulate and control and deceive and be a fucking psychopath. I've never seen anybody on TV that I hate more than Jenny Schechter other than maybe like Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Honestly, if I had the choice between being in a room with Joffrey and being in a room with Jenny Schechter, I'd have a hard time choosing. I'd have a hard time. It's, it's, it's like apples to oranges. 
They're nuts. I I don't understand. Jenny Schechter is the fucking devil. And uh, that's like, not to mention, Jenny Schechter says all of the most transphobic things in the L word. And even though she dates Moira, she she brings Moira from the middle of nowhere to L.A. And then the moment they get to L.A., Jenny Schechter treats Moira, Moira like human garbage. Until finally, Moira's like, fuck all this, I'm gonna be Max. And then she's like, ooh, I'm gonna write about this. And simultaneously, like, tell you how you're supposed to be feeling, tell you what you're supposed to be doing, tell you that you're wrong, tell you that you're ragey, tell you that everybody hates you. Everybody's being a super fucking turfy piece of shit to Max. Max is somehow strong enough to deal with all of this. Finally meets people that treat him as a man. One of these people knocks him up and and fucking treats him like a man, I guess. And it's outrageous. It's outrageous what happens to Max. And, uh... The, the the friend network of the original L word fails Max at every turn and it's really shitty it's really horrible to watch but um, what I think is really kind of strange and sad and pathetic is that uh, is that uh, they don't talk about Max at all here's the deal what they should do is just introduce a new actor who is a trans man that looks vaguely like Max so the the actress that plays max is not trans and uh they're actually like really kind of femme and and beautiful uh so i think that uh 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 they need to just be like this is max you know like find somebody else that's like the same height and like give them the same like obnoxious beard and like maybe like give them green contacts or something you know and just like figure it out make it work and uh that might be a good solution we need to we need an update on the fucking mag situation i can't emphasize this enough uh, it just all seems slower i think that that's like how they make shows phyllis and phyllis's daughter really good plots we never hear anything about Phyllis's daughter again. Shane, like, fucking hated that bitch. At this point in Shane's life, I guess, how is Shane so rich? Like, what does Shane do to get so rich? Has she been hairdressing? And that's how you get all this? Like, what the... F- how does Shane get enough money to just buy a bar? Can somebody please explain what the fuck is going on with Shane and her... her, her is she a model? Is, is that what's going on? What's happening? Oh, right, she met her ex-wife at a photo shoot. They explained it. I guess she's a famous, successful model of sorts. Um, I don't know. I made, like, a little cross chart of uh, features of the old L word versus, you know, features of the new L word. I guess, like, uh, things that they emphasize, you know. And the cool thing about it is that, uh, you know, it kind of makes commentary in its in its own way what they talk about how they talk about and what they don't talk about and, and how they don't talk about it um a lot of the the main sources of conflict that drove the first l word are are the same in generation q adultery uh infidelity uh, family acceptance alcoholism addiction divorce relationships uh that though these are all the main sources of conflict uh, uh 
and that's pretty much the same for Generation Q, and, and that's exactly, I mean, we're, we're fighting with the exact same problems, so it's, things are never going to go away, we have to keep fighting, we have to be persistent, and we have to, uh, uh, to, uh, persist, I guess, is that what it is? I think it is what it is, we gotta persist. The opioid epidemic is a huge deal nowadays, so that's in the show. Um, it does seem a little bit forced for Bet to be super obsessed with opioids, but then you learn the kid died because she was addicted to, to opioids, so it's like, that makes sense. Um, Bet is still weird about so many things. She's just so strange as a, as a person. Sometimes it's like, what the hell? Um, I just think that, like, maybe she's, like, uh, just, like, uh, misunderstood, honestly. I don't really think that people understand Bet. And I think Tina is a fucking idiot. I don't know, man. If I was Tina, I'd be I'd be married to Bet devotedly. But I guess she cheats on you a lot, but I just like when are we going to get a version of the L word where cheating isn't that big of a deal? Oh, they tried to do it this year. They tried to do it with the with the Alice and the Truffle. The Truffle is the version of things where people can just get over their jealousy and try to be together. I think it's pretty obvious that Alice is falling for the exact same thing that she falls for in everything. Where she's like, hey, this is fine. I can be in like a part commitment with more than one person because I'm not jealous and this is all fine. And then the other two people end up falling in love and they leave. I think that's what's gonna happen, like, 100%. I mean, Alice's wife and her ex-wife have, like, kids, and Alice, like, hates kids and doesn't know what to do with them. When Alice and Shane have to take care of the kid, and the kid throws up in the crock pot, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And it's like, this is so annoying, and it's like, oh, this is annoying because they're, they're trying to show you just how inept these people are at, at raising kids. Like, they don't have kids. They don't know how to do it. Being a lady doesn't make you good at having kids. It's like, what, honestly, like, one of my favorite things the L Word's done. Like, they just show how totally incapable Alice and Shane are of, like, taking care of anybody's kid. Let alone little Eli, who, like, seems to be, like, totally fine. All the new people, uh, like Stephanie Allen... And, uh, uh, is it Roseanne Zayas? Yes. I love, uh, Sophie. I love the Sophie Finley stuff. All the new people are, like, gorgeous. Um, just, like, gorgeous to look at. But, uh, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. There are absolutely no fat people on Generation Q. Uh, it sucks to say that, like, Kit was, like, you know, the representation in the old series, but Kit was already, like, not enough representation. Like, they were already, like, hurting for body diversity in, in the original series. In the original series, there are a couple instances where there are some 
inclusive body representations. Like there's a there's a, a really beautiful cello player and like the crews that they meet, and that's like this. It's 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 a bigger person who's depicted as a sex symbol, which is like something that I think is really important. It's not just important to have bigger people on the screen; they have to be perceived as like desirable people. Like you can't just you know Ursula is not representation. But um, Cello Lady on the on the original series was pretty good representation. Generation Q puts on this huge big show about having Roxanne Gay come out and talk. They say Roxanne Gay so many times. They like plug Roxanne Gay. They're like, oh, we're gonna have a Roxanne Gay. Ooh, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have her on Alice's show. And they have Megan Rap. They have Megan Rapino come out. And the Megan Rapino interview is wonderful. And they like ask her about coming out. And they had this awesome little tidbit about Megan Rapinoe. The Roxanne Gay skit that they spend the whole fucking episode amping up and the whole fucking season amping up. They literally stand in front of Roxanne Gay's body and have like a plot driven moment that has nothing to do with Roxanne Gay whatsoever clouding up her entire interview there's like virtually no Roxanne Gay interview she says like one or two witty punchlines and that's it and they also literally stand in front of her body they have a little thin little thin love moment just 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 blocking the view of Roxanne Gay and I understand Becky why are you making such a big deal of it because it's outrageous to me it's outrageous to say, oh, we have to have Roxanne Gay. We're going to have Roxanne Gay come do these political things. I'm Alice Piazeki and this is my show, and I am so empowered, and she has all these blah, 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 and she fights with the guys, and she's, she's, first of all, she's really, like, shitty to men for no reason, which I guess I'm a little bit more sensitive to nowadays, but it's, like, mostly kind of, the old L word is not shitty to men for no reason. The old L word, Alice was bisexual and has sex with men relatively often. And she she dates a, a a male lesbian who is like crazy, and she's like, "What the hell? This is not a man. I wanted to date a man, you know." Uh, I'm just gonna say it like it does not make sense that Alice's character is like anti-man like in any way, and it doesn't make sense that she would like really shit on the Jimmy Fallon guy. And, it, and it, I understand, though, she might not want people treading on her show, but to me, it just seems ridiculous what the writing has been. And the, the younger queers are, like, shitting on men all, like, Finley and, Finley and, uh, Finley and Sophie are always, like, shitting on men. The other thing about Finley is, like, Finley's name is Sarah, but they always call her Finley because... I think that Finley might be, like, vaguely, you know, they haven't come out as such, but it would be nice if Finley would come out as genderqueer. It would be nice if Shane or Finley or somebody would would say, hey, I identify as genderqueer. I identify as non-binary. And it would be nice if season two had a moment like that, or maybe 10, 15,000 moments like that. It's, it's not asking too much, and it's really not, it's not that big of a deal. But they also, the, 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 the body positivity is a complete charade in this. I guess, unbeknownst to me, I guess they is 
are, have all the fat people been purged from LA? Because there are a lot more, even just background actors. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, even just the people in the background of the original series are more diverse than the people in the background of Generation Q. There are a lot of, like, queer-looking people in Generation Q, but there's not a lot of actual diversity. There, are, there is a, a, there is a, a handy-capable person uh, who is the the most beautiful, most like delicate-looking, uh, handy-capable person I've ever seen in, in my entire life. Um, Jillian Mercado. Jillian Mercado is unbelievably gorgeous, and I love that they're having this uh, this representation of somebody so beautiful. I'm just saying that, like, uh, 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 I don't know, you know, I guess it's not a problem, but it just seems a bit, like, unrealistic. Like, most of the people that I know that are in a wheelchair don't look as unbelievably spectacular as Julian Mercado. Um, also, most of the trans people I know are not as cis-passing as, uh, as, uh, as, uh, Leo Shang. Leo Shang is ridiculously cis-passing. Micah, the, 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 the trans guy. Also, I'm sorry, Owen too for, for gay trans guys. Unless you were, remember, remember when they put a, remember Brian Michael Smith, Pierce Williams, he's in the Generation Q, and he is so cis-passing he has to come out as trans on the show and you're just kind of like staring at him and I was like that guy is so cis-passing I looked it up I had to check I was like I don't believe that they hired a trans man that is that cis-passing that guy's trans and he is he is he's, he's a trans man actor who looks like he's was born male so like uh it's really awesome to have this trans, actual trans people on the camera. It's really awesome to have, uh, oh my goodness. How did I forget, uh, how did I forget, uh, uh, Jamie Clayton? Another ridiculously cis-passing trans person. Um, I love Jamie Clayton. Jamie Clayton was the only reason I stuck it out for Generation Q the first time I watched it. I was like... I love this actress. I think she's like um, amazing, like mesmerizing as an actress. Um, so I loved her in Sensate. Oh my god! I literally, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like clenching. I'm so excited about it. Or her, her, I loved Sensate. I loved Sensate so much. I love Jamie Clayton, and I am disappointed that. Uh, uh, it's awesome to have these trans people that are ridiculously cis-passing. I just wish that there was some NBs and some, like, weird, sad, fat trans guys that look like me. Like, you know, that that would be cool. I'd, I'd love that. Um, it is really encouraging to see some trans people be so ridiculously cis-passing. Like, it's just really encouraging. Also, at the, you know, the trans guy group, like... After about four or five years, pretty much everybody is really, really the other direction, you know. So whether or not you're, like, cis-passing doesn't matter. I'm just saying that, like, 
by having these trans actors and actresses be so ridiculously cis-passing, it kind of almost makes like an expectation that you can't meet, you know? And uh, I don't think it's necessarily like the healthiest to be obsessed with passing. So by seeing trans people that are this passing, you might, you know, you might get obsessed with passing. That's all I'm saying. You might not. It might just might just make you feel great. Or you could be a really cis-passing trans person yourself and just be like, finally, like people are going to see that trans people are beautiful and sexy and awesome and normal and everything's fine. And that's exactly what it is. You get to watch trans people be trans and have it not be any fucking big deal. Nobody's, like, having suicidal thoughts. Nobody's, like, you know, nobody's, like, like the, like you know, victimhood narrative of the trans experience, like, is not reflected in these people at all. So, that's kind of cool to see. Um, but I also think that the idea of the trans experience being a victimhood at all is ridiculous. Like, it's just a really tough thing to go to. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It just has to do with, uh, everybody experiences it differently. Everybody goes through things at their own pace. I'm just saying that to expect people to be like, what, it's easy to be trans now, so you should just, like, suck it up and be cis-passing and just, like, stop making excuses for yourself. That's ridiculous. So, it goes either way. I think the solution here, obviously, have some non-binary people in season two. Have some people come out as genderqueer. Have some people start, you know, playing with their with their gender presentation. Y'all did that all the time in, in the original series. The original series was, was queer as fuck. And this one is just, it's a little bit more mainstream. And I think that's like weird as fuck that there's any such thing as gay mainstream. But there's gay mainstream now. I mean, have you seen Shrill? Shrill, like, is, like, basically Generation Q, except with body diversity. Honestly, gen like, Shrill is, like, more progressive about a lot of things than Generation Q is. Generation Q is, like, not a pacemaker in any way. They're really gonna have to add a lot of stuff. They're gonna have to add a lot more perspective. I mean... The, the number of things that, that the original series contributes versus the number of things that Generation Q contributes, this is, this is, they have a lot of work to do. They have a lot, I mean, it's only one season, I understand, but there's a lot of really good TV, there's a lot of queer TV. They are no longer, you know, it's no longer just queer as folk and the L word. It used to just be queer as folk and the L word and, like, bars. Those were your choices for, like, queer culture. Now, the straights have just, you know, they've just given the green light for most about everything. And there's, like, totally normal shows that have gay characters and gay plots and gay, gay, gay themes in them. Uh... Shrill, again, is not a queer show, but it is one of the queerest shows I've ever seen. Catfish, not a queer show, one of the queerest shows I've ever seen. There's just, you know, the L word broke the door open for all these other shows to come and be awesome and, and, and be wonderful and, and, and addictive and beautiful, but uh, now we have other shows. <laughs> It's kind of like how RuPaul, like RuPaul started, you know, this big drag craze and now we have like, uh, Dragula and like, uh, 
Camp Wanakiki, and we have like other things. If you like drag competition shows, there are other things you can watch besides RuPaul. And also, uh, 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 you can just not watch RuPaul at all. Like, RuPaul's success benefits everybody, even if you don't like RuPaul at all. So, like, it's kind of a win win. The L Word original series was bold, was daring, did get threatened all the time, and uh, uh, it broke down a lot of barriers and allowed everybody else to be more free with their writing and with what they want to do. And it proved to the world that people are going to appreciate a gay narrative even if they aren't gay. Again, straight people like the L word. That is the most important thing. You need to, if it only appeals to gay people, it's not going to work. So straight people really like the L word. I think straight people are going to love Generation Q. I think that some of the stuff that happens to Generation Q is bullshit and they're not going to like it. I don't think they're going to like the man-hating stuff. It makes no fucking sense. I don't like. I don't think anybody's going to like the god-awful plot with Alice and her fucking producers. I don't know. What, what, who would like that? And I, and I just like, there's a lot of things that are kind of off-putting, I feel like. Um... Uh, maybe they, maybe they're doing that because they feel like they can now. Maybe they're like, we can, we can be man Haiti because, because it's 2020 bitches. We can do whatever we want. It's like, that's kind of like, it's not true. Um, and also, uh, uh, it just wasn't very witty. You know, like a lot of the, a lot of the writing is just not as, 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 as smart as the, the original series was. Um, I just don't know. There's so much, there's so much awkward, weird shit. Is it the pacing? Is it the acting? Is it the writing? What is, is it their lack of music? What is, what is happening? I think, don't you agree? Don't you think that Generation Q is just kind of, it's not quite, it's not a, a total, you know, it's not a, not a total knockout. The, again, the, you go back and watch the first season of The L Word, it is, it is literally so good, especially compared to Generation Q. Is it the music? What is it? Um, I love, so the more times I watched Generation Q, the better it got. I love that classic L word style. Nothing is by accident. The moment you meet Finley, she asks Shane for a beer. Finley's alcoholism is like a, you know, it's a big thing. I hope they go into it more in season two. Um, I loved, uh, 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 the like let's fix our relationship by getting married plot i love that the like we're gonna fly to hawaii and my like day-to-day treating you like shit isn't gonna matter because i'm gonna make it up to you with like one big crazy weekend i hate that and that's like such a common thing that all people do and i think that the reason that the original outward series crossed over to straight people is because the things that they talk about have absolutely nothing to do with your gender or your sexuality they're talking about love and relationships just in its like most pure form like lesbians are you know such a great little petri dish for all of these themes of human like acceptance and 
what they sexually want versus what they romantically want versus what they can have versus what makes sense versus, you know, like when Helena loses all her money, like who she hangs out with changes dramatically you know these are all like very very real things that happen to people regardless of their regardless of their sexuality like the fact that these women are lesbians is just like a side a side note if anything like it's they're all having sex with each other as lesbians but you know paternal rights uh divorce all these things they don't have anything to do with lesbians it's just all people experience these things all people can relate to it and um it's a very universal uh feeling material generation q doesn't feel as universal to me i think that uh generation q talks a lot about some modern uh queer identity politics that are really relatable but again they don't talk about non-binary stuff so like they don't do it enough and uh i just i'm just i'm just a little bit i'm a little bit like i'm i love the alice trouble i love the trouble stuff but i'm like what the hell you know like uh there's gotta be you know is it really gonna be representation of a trouble for alice's trouble to explode i probably but i just i don't think that's gonna end well for alice i don't think so at all also, Alice has already been in kind of a three-way relationship. In season six, her and Tasha, God bless her soul, Tasha. The, oh. I tell you, I mean, the whole time the Tasha-Alice thing has happened, I was like, this does not work. This does not make any sense. Alice should not be with Tasha. I should be with Tasha. This is ridiculous. Alice is basically just, you know the waste of time version of Becky with the good hair. So I, I, I just, you know, Tasha is, 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 is the total package. And the girl that Tasha ends up falling in love with in season six also seems like the total package. So I'm happy for them, you know, good for them. But, uh, Alice's third wheel. That's like, that's what she is. Even with Dana, Alice was third wheel, y'all. Even with Dana, before Dana died, Dana left Alice for uh, Laura. So Alice is always the third wheel. So now we're in Generation Q, and guess what? Alice is the still the fucking third wheel ten years later. Um, Bet is still being attacked for being a cheater. Now she's being attacked for being a cheater as a politician. I think the whole plot of Bet getting berated by that random guy for sleeping with his wife's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, we got real problems at stake. And you're just like crying in a public place about something that fucking everybody has to deal with. Like, I'm I'm over that. But again, I think I think what they're really trying to do is just be like, hey, just so you know, Bet and Tina are broken up because Bet's still a cheater. Like Bet through and through will fuck your wife seems to be like a trait of bad porter um jenny is gone jenny is dead from suicide i guess if you watch season six you will see that bet has a confrontation with jenny by the pool right before jenny dies Jenny's dog is seen barking around the pool before they find Jenny's body. Alice finds Jenny's body. It's all fucked to hell. 
Nikki comes out of the bushes. You remember Nikki, the like movie star lady? Nikki comes out of the bushes. What the fuck was Nikki doing there? I don't know fucking anything about Nikki, but now I'm like, is Nikki a murderer? Because I'm kind of thinking she's just a murderer. She seems like she might be a murderer. What the fuck was Nikki doing in the bushes? Even if Nikki just watched Jenny drown herself, that is like a form of killing someone, isn't? Isn't that like assisted suicide? If you just if you just let somebody kill themselves and you don't do anything to stop it, isn't that isn't that a form of assisted suicide? Like to not do anything? So I I don't understand. I think that Nikki might have killed Jenny. I think that Bet might have killed Jenny. And what I really think is that Jenny tried to frame Bet as her last thing that she did. She that's her last thing she did was try to frame Bet. She drowned herself in Bet's pool because she fucking hates Bet. I think so. But Jenny fucking hates Bet. And honestly, the whole last thing when when Jenny and Shane are fucking and Bet has that nervous laugh every time, that killed me, man. That's like some of the funniest, the, some of the funniest writing that happens in the whole L Word. Season six is so good. So do yourself a favor, watch the whole L Word series again, and go straight from the old L Word to the new L Word because it really works really well. Same three core writers, really good transition, except for Angie. And uh, I, I I'm a huge fan. I wish we knew what the fuck happened to Max. You know, rest in peace, Max's baby. Jesus fucking Christ. He, he kept it too long for it to get aborted, so he's around somewhere. Um, and, uh... Uh... They, I saw on the internet that, uh... What's her name? The actress that plays Jenny. What's the actress that plays Jenny's name? Uh... Said Mia Kirshner, not. Um, where's it is? It's Mia Kirshner. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah. So that's what it is. It's Mia Kirshner. The actress that plays Jenny says that Jenny's not dead and that she's gonna come back in Generation Q. I don't believe that. Jenny's. Bet says Jenny's dead, so either she made sure of it, or, you know, they've, they they carried her body out of the fucking pool like she's dead, you know. Maybe she's gonna come back in, like, a dream. Maybe she's gonna come back, she's gonna have a cameo. There's no way she's not gonna have a cameo in season two or something. I'm excited for it. But I hope it's not something like Roxanne Gay's cameo. I hope the two people don't have a proposal in front of Jenny the whole fucking time. They won't do that to Jenny, because Jenny's not fat, so they won't have to stand in front of Jenny. I, I just can't get over it. Like, they literally removed any and all fat bodies from the, the from the whole premise. They, like, no fat extras, even. There's not even any fat extras. It's unfucking real To me, it's, it's obviously on purpose. Like, it's not by accident at all. Um, the original L word is, you know, vaguely fatphobic. They don't have a lot of body diversity. Like I said, they had the one cello lady for all six seasons. It's not a lot. And uh, the new one is worse, I guess. Which, I, again, commentary just based on how realistic it is, I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, that's, that's where the world's going. But um, uh, they really don't. They really. I mean, they have Lizzo in their theme songs, they have Lizzo songs. But they don't have any actual fat people. So, um, and, uh, 
And uh, again, the Roxanne Gay interview didn't count. Doesn't count. It's pure spectacle. It really ticked me off. It really pissed me off. I swear there was a moment where Roxanne Gay looks in the camera where you can tell that she's like, I know what's happening here. Maybe I'm just completely projecting it, but I'm just like, I just kind of want to like call Roxanne Gay and be like, can you please tell me about your whole, like walk me through your whole day filming Generation Q. I want to know how they treated you that whole fucking day because I bet it was not like, you know, wonderful. Anyway, they really, they really fucked it. They really fucked it with the Roxanne Gay interview. I was really pissed. Um... You remember when, like, Bette is talking to that intern lady and they're just, like, standing in front of a painting of just a sphincter and a butthole? It's just a butthole painting. She's like, isn't it just so inspiring? Look at the gaping cavern of this painting. It's like, oh my god, everybody. It's literally just a butthole. It's not like, well, that reminds me of a butthole. It's like just, you know, just a ten foot by ten foot butthole. Um... Yeah, I just like, uh, uh, yeah, they, they, they both don't adopt Max's baby that he desperately needs adopted, and Bet refers to it as a used car and calls Max's baby an it. Either he, either she calls Max an it or the baby an it. That was a really bad. I, I guess Bat Porter is now a trans ally, according to like a crying lesbian in the street. Did you see that part? They were like, I just, I just really thought it would be an awesome thing for lesbians to be prisoned, a real trans ally in the White House. I'm like, let's get Max out here and ask. Max, what he thinks about Bet Porter being a trans ally. Maybe that'll be season two. Maybe season two will be Max coming back from the dead with his little baby, and they're both gonna be like, fuck you, Bet Porter. I hope so. I hope so. That's the thing, though. It would be out of Max's character. Max's character is if he's a calm, patient, loving sort of dude. He's not gonna do that, so. He's not gonna, like, vengefully shit on Bet Porter. So if, if they make him do that, that's kind of it's kind of ridiculous. I'm still going to root for it, but it's going to be a, a bit out of its character, I think. It would be a, a more like turning Max into a monster that he isn't, you know. They already spent six seasons turning Max into a monster, so... Um, even before he was on the show, they were like getting ready to shit on the trans guy, pretty much. Anyway... I think it's all going to be fine. I'm really excited for season two, season three, season four. It's already been renewed. It's already been renewed. I don't think we're going to be in too much danger for this tanking. I mean, TV just is like where all the money's at nowadays. It went from movies to TV. So um, TV is like, TV is everything. I, I wish Dyke Central was still a TV show. Can somebody please, besides me, scream into the internet begging for more Dyke Central. Did everybody see Dyke Central? Dyke Central is like a way better version of the L word. I fucking love Dyke Central. So if if you're done with Generation Q and if you're done with the L word original series, you have to watch Dyke Central. It's so good. Um, other than that, uh, let's see what other... I have some other random predictions. Um, so I guess there are a lot of them are around Jenny. I'm just going to finish out the episode with a couple more predictions here. 
what I I don't I don't think that Uncle Shane should be a thing. I don't think that Shane should have an ex-wife, and I don't think that Shane should be trying to have a kid with the ex-wife. I think that Shane should have gone to jail for killing Jenny uh, to protect someone, even though Shane doesn't go to jail. I think that Shane should have been like accidentally blamed for Jenny's death because they were dating. And then we get these cool, like, oranges and new black vibes to Shane. You know what I mean? And that makes way more sense, in my opinion. I don't understand why Shane is, like, a super rich person now. That makes no sense to me. Shane should be in jail, and she should be, uh... Uh... Doing absolutely none of the things that they're making Shane do. I don't understand. And, uh... I also, uh... Jail Shane would be so hot. Don't you think? I mean, like, the world is begging for jail shit. Um, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't understand the ex-wife plot with Shane Nicholas or whatever. It makes no sense. Uh, I also think that a, a key element to uh, the original series that Generation Q doesn't have is that the original series is very sympathetic and understanding to closeted people. And Generation Q is not. And I don't think that... I think that that's accurate. I think that the, the modern gay world is not sympathetic or understanding to closeted people. Um, but uh, they're just not writing all the different news. Sources. There's so many new elements. Like, they have this, like, sort of... Uh, Finley, Sarah Finley is kind of like the millennial gay character. And Finley is the most obnoxious, most idiotic, most annoying person in the show. And I think that's really rude commentary on, on young queers. And I also think that, um, you know, there's a lot more going on with young queers that they could be writing about. There's a lot more intricacies. There's a lot more stuff with dating apps. There's just a lot more stuff going on than what they're talking about on the Generation Q. I kind of feel like Generation Q is the same three writers writing from like a tired old lesbian perspective and they don't actually have any uh, non-binary or trans friends. I'm I, I, sorry, like maybe the, I think they had coffee with the trans guy like once and wrote some scenes about having lunch with his with with his mom and how you know like all the leo shang stuff he does so well the micah stuff is really good but like uh it's not it's not super well written like the 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 writing in the original series is so realistic and so true to what it feels like to experience all those things when you're listening to the trans writing and the trans representation in Generation Q, it doesn't feel like it feels. It doesn't feel anything, to me at least. I, I don't relate to like any of the trans writing, and I, I do relate to a lot of the old original series trans writing. So, um, I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I will relate to Generation Q later. I look forward to it. I think I'm going to look forward to the next couple seasons of this tremendously. I'm excited about being able to watch them with you guys and talk about them all the time. I'm really excited about the podcast and and uh, having this uh, having this outlet to get really geeky about stuff and, and to, to soapbox. And there's, there's undoubtedly going to be way more outward episodes. So if you like this, I hope you stick around. Please like and subscribe. Get me on Facebook. 
uh, I have a, a website, maibeckywiththegoodhair.com. It's M-A-I-B-E-C-K-Y-W-T-G-H-dot-com. Uh, and I also have an email. Uh, it is B-E-C-K-Y-W-T-G-H-M-A-I at gmail.com. I'm pretty sure. I had problems with it. You know, it's embarrassing. I had to get, like, uh, yeah, B-E-C-K-Y-W-T-G-H-M-A-I.com. So my website address is M-A-I, Becky with the Good Hair, and my email is Becky with the Good Hair, M-A-I. And that's because, for some reason, Becky with the Good Hair, M-A-I, was, was stolen as a domain, or I didn't, I don't know what, I don't, what was, there was a reason, there was a good reason, I don't, I don't need to keep telling you about it, like and subscribe, please, I'm eventually gonna come up with some sort of Patreon, I need your help, uh, keeping this afloat, 100%, so if you like the podcast, please subscribe, please tell your friends, and, uh, stay tuned for ways to support the podcast, because I'm going to come up with a way for you to support it eventually, I'm having problems, uh, figuring out, how to get like a physical address and stuff like that it's not a problem it's just like more expenses so i it, it's i get the you know I, I'm, I'm 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 working towards it but again it's all me i'm the one that does everything uh so uh be a little patient and again sorry about the like two month delay rest in peace february <laughs> all right ta-ta bye-bye